You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Zach Katz from gravityview.co. Welcome to the show, Zach. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you here with the course building community and the people who build uh, websites for course builders because every website needs a contact form. That's where it kind of starts. Um, Gravity Forms is a, a great option. And you come in with Gravity View. What's your what's your quick explainer of like what is it? We have a Gravity Form, you know, to process, process contact forms. But what what does Gravity View open up people who build websites to be able to do? So you have a contact form, but you probably also have a testimonial form that gathers testimonials. So what is what happens when somebody submits the testimonial? It goes into the back end, and then you have to maybe copy and paste it or you have a custom post type called testimonial and you have to format that. Well, with Gravity View, it takes the Gravity View data itself and displays it on the front end of your site with a drag and drop builder. So you don't need to do anything after the customer uh, submits the testimonial other than approving it. Uh, So every time you have a form and you might want to use that data on the front end of your site, that's where Gravity View comes in. And you could do really amazing stuff with it. And we have a bunch of different layouts that do different functionalities. But um, for example, we just came out with a new calendar uh, add-on for Gravity Forms. If you ever have an event or need to show somebody's schedule uh, or days off, that, that's a form that is then displayed on the site using Gravity View. Wow, that's a great way to think about it. So you're you're taking like form submissions and you're automatically publishing it somewhere else, formatting it in a certain way. Maybe there's a review process where someone needs to moderate it before it goes live. And just for those of you listening, a pro tip uh, for a course is if you really want to get testimonials, what you can do is you can put that testimonial collection form on the last lesson or next to last lesson so that before they can actually complete the course and get the certificate, they have an opportunity to leave a, a review or a testimonial. So if I hear a lot of course creators, um, they just they're wondering how do I get more testimonials on my website? And you can do it this the hard way, like you're talking about, and create a new page on your site called testimonial uh, or review or whatever. Put a gravity form on there, collect some data and some pictures, or you can just have it pop that form right inside a lesson and have them have it ready to go. I love that. That testimonial example. Yeah, and if you're doing a net promoter score, even, and you, you can do those surveys with Gravity Forms, and you can have an email that gets sent to your uh, customer or somebody automatically and ask, you know, how likely are you to refer a company which it's incorporated? And they rate zero to 10, and that can automatically pre fill a Gravity Forms form. And then you can use our math add on to display a live net promoter score on your website saying, you know, our customers love us and you can use conditional logic to make sure to hide it if it's not a good score. <laughs> and that's all built into Gravity View as well uh, using our uh, built-in logic shortcode. 
Well, that is awesome. I'm going to come back to that one towards the end of the episode where I selfishly get free consulting. <laughs> but uh, as software companies, we look a lot at net promoter score. Uh, but one of the other things you do is with the map, which I find really cool. One of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is a concept that I call course plus. So for people to be successful with online training, the I like to say the information age is over. Like, we, yes, they need information, but they need a lot of other things to get results like coaching, like community, other services, um, other materials, maybe other products. So you basically like surround your learner with all kinds of things to help them be successful. But one of those things is community where people have a sense of finding the quote others. So if you're building a membership site in a particular niche, whether it's about, you know, anything from supporting, um, veteran spouses that are at home or entrepreneurs or of a certain kind or some people going through some kind of health and fitness transformation and they have courses, but they may also want to have like this community. And then what happens in, in really uh, active membership sites, especially when they reach a certain velocity of user base, is the users start realizing that there might even be people in their same town or, or close by within driving distance or that they could meet up with and continue the relationship offline or have like a, a meetup or a party or something like that. So if we have a membership site and we have all our users in there uh, and we, we give them the opportunity to drop a pin on a map of where they are, how, how would that work with gravity view? Like, can you talk us through that process? Sure. Um, so you'd have a form where people could submit their own information and, uh, it can include interests, for example, and uh, and the interest could be a drop-down form field, for example. And you could, would enter your bio, and you'd click submit, uh, and and you'd show up on a map, and then you could filter by interest, and uh, only the people who share the same interest would also show up on that map. And so that'd be a real quick, easy way to do that. But you could also take it to the next level and say you have a community that has that loves antiques. And they wanted to share, uh, you know, that they have antiques for sale. You could have like a little uh, antiques market using Gravity View, posting what people have to sell, and you know, even having a buy now button or embedded Gravity forms that buy the buy the antiques uh, wow. directly from the person. So, you know, Gravity View allows you to kind of take an idea and build out an MVP app where. Um, where if you if you think that you are interested in building something out, but you don't want to invest in a bunch of different plugins to make it happen, Gravity View can can be a proof of concept uh, that can then build out your community page or or site further. That's awesome, and I can tell where we're going to go with this episode because I can just keep seeing all these things course creators and membership site builders are trying to do that is possible to do without a developer with Gravity View. But before, if you're listening to this and we're, it sounds technical, like things like conditional logic or uh, something with the data or whatever, just hang in there because either if it's you're keeping up with the tech, great. If not, you may want to work with a website person, a WordPress person that could just implement this for you. So if you hear something that's interesting and it sounds a little scary, um, for somebody who regularly builds WordPress sites and uh, works with plugins like Gravity Forms and Lifter LMS or and other plugins, they can, they'll know how to put this together. Um, I want to just uh, go into a vocabulary word. Um, there's this 
word that I'm starting to hear more and more when people are talking about building sites intelligently and working with data and all this. They use the word structured data. What does that mean to you? Or how do you help somebody understand the idea of structured data? Um, structured data involves a lot of thinking about something. So when you're trying to describe, and the, when you're learning how to code, often people talk about um, a car as a, an object that is uh, described in the real world, you look at a car, you say it has four wheels, it has a steering wheel, it has maybe two or three different types of engines, it has different number of seats, and you try to describe using code what that car would look like if it were written as a program. I think the structured data um, comes in as the same kind of questions that you should ask when you're looking at the kind of data that you're collecting, which is, well, is this always going to be a number? Is it an integer? Uh, is it something that Google cares about? And if so, how does it care about it? Um, is it a category that Google has pre-done and uh, you should reference one of their pre-done categories or is it something more freeform? So when I'm designing a form, I think of the data structure as in um, trying to catch all the edge cases that could happen and make sure that everything is covered. Yeah, that's that's what I love about working with Thomas over at Lift LMS is he identifies all these edge cases that I I just it's a gap, but we we're great together because together we can actually create the car, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and help other people drive drive them drive their own versions of it. Um, I want to go back to some other use cases for course creators and membership site builders. Sometimes if we're building a certification site, so we're there's courses for to become certified in a skill. Um, sometimes it's something that, uh, you know, somebody's doing to better their career or to hang their shingle as being an expert in something. So part of the offer is not only do you, are there courses available here and you can get a certificate, but we'll also list you in our directory that, you know, so when people are looking for professionals like you, they can more easily find you. So it's another benefit to, you know, somebody joining this type of professional development platform. How would we build a directory? Can you, first of all, can you explain what a directory is, how people use them, and how they could use your tools to build it out? Sure. Uh, a directory is a list, uh, a listing of, um, well, it's a, it's a page of listings uh, that include information. Um, <laughs> I've never been asked what a directory is before, so thank you for helping me clarify. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a searchable, sortable, um, using a metaphor, uh, yellow pages or white pages, depending on how you structure your directory. Yeah, let me, um, let, let me just throw an example out there. If somebody's like, um, let's say teaching about social media marketing, and then you get listed as in the directory of, like I'm certified in social media marketing by, you know, Badget Marketing Incorporated. And and let's say I you know somebody's like looking for somebody to a business is looking for somebody to, to help hire as a contractor or something for social media marketing in New York City, and they want to find somebody that's like actually local to them that they could actually meet with in person or something. That's the, that's yes. kind of the yellow pages you're talking about, right? Yes, and then you can you can filter by a skill, for example, you can list multiple skills and say, I'm good at SEO, I'm good at Facebook and social media marketing, I'm good at you know, website design, 
and then you or can location. filter down. Yeah. Or by location, by skill, by any of the fields in the form, you can search by. So when Price, you design, like my my project minimum, like that's another one. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's that's super cool. What um is there other um directories that you've seen people do or you mentioned classified ads that's kind of like a listing it's different way i mean it's still kind of a directory it's a listing but it happens to be a product not a person that has certain expertise so that you can do it it's yeah. very flexible right i i would say that craigslist is a directory okay yeah. uh but so was yahoo you know directory back in the day yeah um so a directory can be uh I, i'd say it's the it's the display of a database on the front end is mm -hmm. kind of oh, a catch-all description, but that might be a little Cody. Um, so here's some here are some examples that people do with Gravity View. Yeah. Um, there's uh, there's a rescue site for dogs and cats, and and there's a a pound that that gets all the strays, and when a new animal comes in, they take a picture of the animal, and they submit a Gravity Forms form as uh, this animal's up for adoption. And then it automatically displays on their site using Gravity View. And then people can easily uh, say, I wanna check out this dog or this cat because uh, I have fallen in love with this little animal. So that's where um, it, the question is, well, how do, we show, how do we show this data that gets updated all the time? And when an animal gets adopted, you know, how do we remove it from the website? Well, you don't have to go in and edit custom code or edit HTML. You just unapprove it from the back end and it no longer shows up on the front end. So that's a directory of pets that are up for adoption powered by Gravity Forms and displayed using Gravity View. That is an awesome example. And I just want to highlight that point specifically because one of the things that we do at Lifter is we help people create, launch, and scale their online training programs. Part of scaling is automating. And what a lot of people do with forms, myself included, is we, we create this hole for data to come through, but then it just ends up in a pile and then I got to do something with it. But like in your um, uh, animal adoption rescue scenario, they, that business or nonprofit, whatever it is, is automating that whole process and they've streamlined a process that helps get that animal adopted quicker, quicker the employees have to be even less and less technical to get the make it happen. They just have to take the picture and, and do the stuff. And, you know, the review process is also streamlined. So that's a that's a huge automation win, which is yeah. really special. And for, for nonprofits, we have a lot of nonprofits that use Gravity View. Um, one of the use cases is fundraising. Mm -hmm. And one of the tools people use for fundraising is the Gravity Forms form. And they donate using the form and uh, showing your latest donors is a manual process. Normally you would have to like thank them on the page. Somehow you copy and paste their name. Well, we use, using gravity view, you can automate that and the latest donors show up on your website automatically. So, and that's only if they opt in with a checkbox, right? So you can, you can do these kind of limitations that are uh, built into our plugin where it makes sure that, only people's data is shown that they want shown. I like that point. I think that's a really important point. And you mentioned that earlier too, I think about testimonials. Like it's not a one and done thing. Like if you have like edge cases, like, well, I need people to consent to having their name displayed publicly. I need them to have that choice. They can do that. 
I need the ability to review the testimonial before it goes live on my website in case it's like a spammer or somebody's <laughs> whatever. Like you want, you would need moderation. No problem. You can do that. Or somebody needs to uh, review directory listings of professionals before they go live, make sure there's no spelling errors or something like that. I mean, it's all, it, it's not like a one size, you can still put your checks and balances in there is what I'm saying. Right. And uh, with Gravity Forms and with any solution, really, uh, if you are thinking, well, can I do this? Uh, first of all, probably yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And second of all, you know, look at the different, look at the different solutions and find out which one, um, ask everybody if you can do something and find out which ones are the most competent in the different areas. Because Gravity View can do a lot of things that even Lifter LMS could do. Lifter LMS is a way better solution for what you're doing. Uh, but Gravity View, you could build that out. Um, so, and well, some of the functionality out. Uh, but when you're looking at uh, any business that's trying to up, you know, scale and grow and enhance their business practices, um, when you ask the question, can I do, can I make this simpler? The answer yeah. is almost always yes. And always look for a solution or, you know, ping Chris or ping me or ping anybody and say, you know, what would you recommend doing this with? And we will tell you. And the question, the question is also, can I do this without custom code? And the right. answer is still most of the time. Yes. Most <laughs> of the time. Yes. I just found another plugin that does stuff that gravity view does, but it does it better. And now I'm going to recommend that instead. Like, because there are so many ways you can use Gravity View, and there are so many ways you can use Lifter LMS, and there are so many ways. It's always possible, especially with WordPress. And that's the nice thing about WordPress. That's the great thing about Gravity Forms as an ecosystem, mm -hmm. um, is that Gravity Forms connects to Lifter, and you can display that same data using Gravity View in different ways and combine this all. And and really, in, you generally don't need a custom coder. It, at most, you probably need a consultant. Keep listening. This podcast is not over. This is just a special message about this episode's sponsor, WP Tonic Managed WordPress LMS Hosting. Think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonic's Managed WordPress LMS Hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. Most of the time. Yeah, or a podcast episode like this, even though it's possible. <laughs> <It's a> podcast <laughs> episode. <laughs> um, there's something else that I want to get into, another use case, or and really just an idea, which is user-generated content. If I have a, like, a, yeah, a testimonial is user-generated content, but let's say I'm using an LMS and um, part of it is let's say it's like a school of some kind online school. And part of it is the students. It's some kind of writing thing, or uh, there's like a public journaling element where people are essentially posting to the blog of this website. But um, the website owner wants to do it where they don't have to go into the back end of WordPress and do it. Like, can they like publish blog posts from the front end of the website? I'm just thinking of user generated content. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so for user-generated content, um, Gravity View does have a front-end approval uh, feature where somebody doesn't have to go into the back end. If you're logged in as an administrator, you can just approve or reject entries from the front end 
while you're just browsing the submitted entries. Um, I found a really cool thing that involved crowdsourced data today when I was preparing for this talk. Um, and I, it's a crowdsourced list of female ancient historians. So this is historians that, uh, that they're ancient historians and they're female and it shows everybody on a map and it's just crowdsourced. Uh, so whenever anybody wants to add their name to it, they, they add it. And I assume they have a moderation process and that's, you know, I love things like that because it's kind of like Wikipedia, right? Right. <laughs> you know, and we don't have a, the Wikipedia has the crowd editing functionality that we don't have it. We have a single editor, but it's yeah. the same kind of situation. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Um, um, but we also like for a lot of professors use gravity view for, um, students submit their, uh, final essays, for example, or their end of term art projects and the professors can, or even a panel of professors can leave comments on each of the submitted artworks and kind of vote on what they think uh, for that the grade should be. So a lot of a lot of use cases in education for I would say you know kind of crowdsourced uh, student uh, data that's coming in that's not generated by the professors themselves. That's super cool. I, I had a question too, and this comes directly. I've heard this question many times in many different ways. But first, before I ask that, can you like edit something or can you update something that you've already posted? Like for example, whatever, if, I'm, if I posted to the map that I live in New York City and I moved to Los Angeles, can I update my listing later? Yep, uh, users can update their own entries and uh, as long as they're logged into WordPress. And uh, then you can have it in Gravity View to either be uh, approved still after editing, if you trust the person who's editing, or after yeah. editing, it can go back into the review, review process for moderation. That's cool. And what about, so the, the context of the question, I usually get this in, it's, uh, it's something like, it goes something like this, is that my course helps people we, we work on this project and it's some kind of like writing project, for example, like a um, business plan. So over the course of six weeks, I'm going to take some new entrepreneurs or business would be business owners, teach them what a business plan is, consult with them along the way, do group coaching. And by the end of the course, you will have a good solid business plan. How could I do that with like where I'm like, I'm working on parts of it, but not all of it at once. Right. Um, there are lots of different ways that that could work in Gravity View. Um, yeah. It could even be different forms, different Gravity Forms forms for each step. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Or different pages of the same form because you can do it different ways. Um, but Gravity View does allow you to combine data from multiple forms where the same field matches each other. Wow. So if you have student ID or like, you know, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a student, but student ID, and it's the same for each form, you can say, combine all these and show one record. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, calendars, like what, yeah. what can we do with calendars? Like for membership sites, sometimes there's, there's a need to have a calendar for, okay, we have all these courses and stuff, but you know, we have our group coaching call on this day, we have our live event in um, uh, Spain on this date, we have, 
so people can plan like, and maybe multiple stakeholders are involved as to, or who can put stuff on the calendar or whatever. Like how, how does gravity forms and calendars and gravity view work together? Um, so with our calendar functionality, you can select a start date, end date, start time, end time, uh, all based on the fields of the form itself. And you can also uh, select for it to go to a website that is a URL field in the form. Yeah. Um, so just like everything else with Gravity View, it really depends on how you need to use it. Yeah. Um, people said that they wanted to display, for example, uh, the time off that their team members have requested. Yeah. Uh, so if, you know, Joe and, and Jane are asking for time off at the same time, it'll appear on the calendar and you can drag and drop and rearrange the, the, uh, the timing of their uh, vacation times. Um, we have uh, lots of events functionality that, you know, if you want a simple way to display uh, an event uh, listing on your website, you could have a calendar above a gravity view, embedded gravity view, so that you can have a listing of the gravity view uh, events that have pictures, summaries, details, um, categories, and then you can just see easily on a calendar what the timing of those events might be. So in terms of the, the use case that you described, I'm not sure that that's the best use case for a calendar, but yeah. um, uh, there are many different, and it's a new it's a new plugin. So I'm looking forward to finding out all the amazing ways that people use it because I don't really know all the ways that people are going to use it, but I know it's going to be used by a lot of different people. Yeah, that's cool. I think in the course building community, and by the way, appreciate that where this audience here is really um, appreciates when uh, uh, software creators, plugin creators are do active listening and want to hear like what people want. So that's. Thank you for saying that. Um, in this in this scenario with course builders, it's really a bit goes back to that concept of course plus. And if there's course plus coaching, or or live events, or virtual events, those are all things that need to get organized on a calendar so people can plan accordingly. Right. So if Lifter had the need to display. Uh, you know, if you had a com your community wanted to display all the things that they were doing and all the different uh, places they were presenting about Lifter LMS uh, at different meetups, at different WordCamps, they could submit using a form, and you could have a calendar of Lifter LMS talks in the public. Wow! And that's then cool. you could click on each entry, and it would go directly to the website of the talk. So that's an example for a community could user generated. Uh, could create a user-generated calendar and not just um, display, you know, things that are generated by the the company itself. So, like a crowdsourced event, like presentation. Because yeah, when things take on a life of their own, that's what goes back to user-generated generated content. What type of content are we talking about here? We're talking about events or educational opportunities. Um, what? Uh, this is kind of outside of the scope of your your product, I think, but um, I know people are wondering because I talk to them all the time, and they uh, and people do it to me all the time. So I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> you <know? laughs> like course creators are often um, 
they want to make sure they have a, a good amount of their data in the CRM, like let's say active campaign. Um, if so, because course creators are often thinking about that. You got the LMS, you got the WordPress, you got the hosting, you got the website, but then they have the CRM over here that they use for like broadcast emails and other various activities where they're, you know, they're applying tags based on things. So, uh, for example, whether it's Active Campaign or Mailchimp or ConvertKit or whatever it is, how do you recommend when we're talking about structured data, like connecting Gravity Forms to the, like let's say we create a uh, you know, a testimonial form, and and we want the we want to know in our CRM who has submitted the testimonial and who has not, based on the fact that the tag is present or not. Can they do that? Absolutely. And Gravity Forms makes it real easy to connect with a bunch of different, like any service essentially. And if you don't, your service doesn't exist on Gravity Forms' ecosystem yet. Just tell somebody and they'll make it essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Gravity Forms connects to places like Drip, places like HubSpot, um, yeah. Salesforce, everything that you can imagine they have an integration for. So when a form is submitted, in your case, testimonial form, um, you can tag, you know, left the testimonial and you can even tag your customer with like, um, uh, influ like their influencer rating score and the MPS score, for example. And if, if you think that somebody is going to be a good promoter of your, uh, of your company and your business or your product or your, your services, um, then you can tag them specially. And that's all configured in Gravity Forms itself. Um, yeah. So Gravity Forms really is a great way to connect all these things. Um, they have a deeper connection recently. They partnered with HubSpot. Okay. And I know HubSpot's a really big marketing CRM uh, yeah. that a lot of people use. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, like when I was earlier into building websites and WordPress and everything, um, somebody helped me understand that the form is really fundamental into how the web works and websites. Like lots of things are form submissions. And once you kind of get that, then you see how powerful forms are and then all the different ways you can use forms and the data that flows through them. It's, it's a, Yeah, and Gravity Forms... I mean, when you think of it, the the post editor, the now it's the Gutenberg, you know, editor. It's just one big form to submit an entry, <laughs> and the entry <laughs> is your blog post or your page. It's it's user submitted content, but it happens to be in the back end and built in. But like Gravity Forms actually can submit forms from the front end, so you don't even need to use the back end if you <laughs> if you because everything is a form. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, Zach, this has been a lot of fun, and I, I would encourage if you got some um, interest in certain of these like use cases we talked about to go back and re-listen to this, because we packed a lot in here. There's This is what you can do with forms and what you can do with the data with Gravity View is one of those things where the options are literally limitless. So, uh, yeah, just keep thinking about it, and, and really... Before going to the tool, think about like, well, what do you want? Like, what's the goal? Like, what do you want your community to be like? What kind of information do you want your website to contain? How do you want help from your users to create content and make the website more useful or more accurate about whatever? That, and, you know, pick that, figure out what problem you want to solve for, and then go to the tools and see how you can do it with Gravity Forms and Gravity View. Zach, I want to thank you for the coming on the show. He's, on, he's at gravityview.co. Do you have any final words for the people of Lifter LMS? Well, with, that, with your final advice, I was thinking, and if your form that you're building 
seems like it's unwieldy and isn't quite right, it's probably not. <laughs> so take a, take a second to think about your data structure again and, and really one, you know, figure out, well, could this be split into two forms or uh, multiple pages or, you know, ask somebody and, uh, you know, you can always ask us at Gravity View and we're happy to give you any uh, answers to any questions you have. Uh, Gravity Forms has a great support team. Lift your LMS, you know, excellent support. Anybody, just ask what, you know, pause and ask before you keep on down a road that you're uncertain with. I think that you'll come out with a better solution. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Zach. Thank you, Chris. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet. Mm -hmm.